If we're going to talk about Van for a second, something that blew my mind. So does anybody here or anybody here ever watch the show Shameless? Yeah, I love Shameless. Right, Shameless, one of the best shows ever. I couldn't believe that I only started watching this show like a month ago. Very first episode, I'm like, hey, that's Van. Van's one of the main characters in this. Scene two is just Van full dong out. <laughs> and I turned to Kelsey, I was like, we just saw Van's penis. Like, I didn't know how to end <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we would greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Reba. Reba went 127 episodes over six seasons on the WB. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing October 5th, 2001. So to get things started... I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys. Well, some of the boys, Ferg and Joe. Just a three man for the first time ever. What's going on, guys? A single mom who worked two jobs, who loves her kids and never stops. I fucking love this song so much. I'm so excited. And yeah, for those of you uh, wondering about Nick and Gordo, I think they're getting some preliminary work together, trying to figure out the details on their poopy and fart podcast that they're going to be doing on the side. <laughs> Um, so just the three of us today. Will not subscribe. <laughs> well, we know that a three-man booth does not work in wrestling. We'll see how it works in podcasting. I feel well. I, I, it it's was the one Norman of those wrestling now. It's kind of the Norman podcasting. We, I remember when we first decided to do this show, and we're all like, "Yeah, I'm in. I'm in." And my first reaction was, "We can't have five people. That's way too many people to talk." Um, We've made it work, but uh, for the first time, we'll actually be doing a three-man. I'm actually interested in how this is going to go. Yeah, we'll see how this turns out, all, all told. We'll see. Uh, I feel like we've got two of the biggest talkers as part of it, so we'll see how that works. But it also has the two people who only talk over each other on it, so Ferg and I are just going to destroy <laughs> If you don't think that, that was a thought when I was driving home from work today, I was like, oh, fuck. It's only three of us, but it's Joe and Ferg <laughs> always talk at the same time. Over talkers. We're over-talkers, but have completely different opinions on everything. So it's never like it adds up to be like, it never sinks as like, it's a chorus pedal or something. It's always just like the complete dissonance it shouldn't be. Well, I so, won't be talking much this episode. I'll just be sitting here going, mmm, Reba, the whole time. Actually, to be fair, mmm, Barbara Jean. Barbara Jean, Babasaurus Rex, everyone's going to disagree with me on this one. I don't give a shit. Barbara Jean, all day long. Adamantly disagree, but... I guess we will get to that as we meet the character. Um, if it wasn't already apparent uh, to those of you listening, Reba is a Joe pick. I think that's why Nick and Gordon are actually not here this week. I think they're just tired <laughs> of Joe picks and they just they're trying to, to bail out. To be fair, this is a Joe pick, but this is like the structure of a classic sitcom. This isn't something super weird. This is like a family sitcom. This hits all the marks of what we do. This isn't yeah. like a weird out Joe pick. After Homeboys and Outer Space, I think I'd rather a Joe pick than a Goto pick. There it is, right there. Homeboys and Outer Space, last week's episode? Yes. Yeah, yeah. one of the worst shows we've ever watched. We literally got into a fight during the episode <laughs> about whether or not it was the worst show we ever did. And of course, only Gordo disagreed with that opinion. 
But I would like to say to those listening, if you skip that one because you didn't know the show, I've said this before. Sometimes like those shows that you've never heard of, especially ones that are really not good shows, sometimes some of the better content we make because we can have a little bit more fun. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to last week's episode. Homeboys in Outer Space. Uh, classic um, <laughs> show that we all grew up watching. Out of but, our first run of shows, I still think one of the best shows and maybe the show where we hit our groove as to sort of how this podcast works the way it does now is Country Comfort. Yeah. I think and we I, I know a lot of people haven't listened to that one because who the fuck would watch Country Comfort? It was one of the worst shows of all time. But I think that's one of our best episodes. That's because it's the one and only time we've all agreed on something. <laughs> Everyone was so mad. It was fun to all mutually hate the show together. Uh, I don't care what Goro said. Is he hated Homeboys and Out of Space too? Yeah, he's just lying. He's just trying to put on a strong face. I I have a, a feeling that you guys are correct, but uh, <laughs> Joe, to go back again, so you obviously picked this. Why Reba? Reba was a show. This I always knew about the show. Right, this was the kind of show that we've talked about this a couple of times, where this was like a high school girlfriend's mom show. Like this was the show that like you'd come in from doing something to like taking them home or whatever, and like, what are you doing? Like, we're all having soup and watching Reba. And you'd be like, sure, why not, I guess. like, <laughs> Oh, soup night. <laughs> hey, I had a lot of homemade soups in high school, and they were all delicious. Uh, but then I obviously never watched it again, right? Like, why would I rewatch Reba? And then it randomly popped up on Hulu, and Kelsey and I watched the first episode, and we're like, that was pretty good. I guess, like, fast forward to, like, two weeks ago when we had finished, like, episode 200 and started watching Reba's most recent show, Malibu Country, because we were so obsessed. I had bought the record of the theme song and played it a million times. <laughs> like, I don't know, this this show just really got me. For me, um, this was on, I believe, when we got home from school every day, and I would flip through and there'd just be ton of shitty shows and this was at the the least of the shitty shows so it was a reluctant put on and i think i watched not in order but most of the show like hate watched how many I've... times were you eating soup while watching it though no uh i don't i eat a lot of soup so it's a good <laughs> chance but statistically i love it um yeah i've i've definitely seen the show i remember it being a pretty big show in its day um We've talked about this before, though. I think this also kind of lines up with, I don't know, what are we around? So 2001, we're all like 15, 16, right in that wheelhouse. Yeah. We're probably going out a lot at the time. I don't know. I, I don't, I remember seeing a bunch of it, but it doesn't, it's not super like embedded in my brain. I remember all the characters and the basic structure of the show and who was who, but I don't have like, if you told me to name anything that happened in any episode, I got nothing. Also, seventeen-year-old uh, Ferg was in love with Cheyenne. Yes, I can see that. <laughs> were you also in love with her previously because of her work on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, Sam. Sam. Oh, which okay. is one of the first things when I saw this. I was like, is that Sam? If you want to put a weird cultural J, uh, how old were you when this came out? This was originally set to premiere on September fourteenth, two thousand and one. Oh, I I have it written down, but knew mm -hmm. I wouldn't have to bring it up. Of course not. <laughs> But, of course, we've talked numerous times about where we all were on 9-11. Uh, that week, we all could have used a Reba laugh. I could have used this. I could have used a break from sitting there studying a jacket and watching CNN for 90 hours and my eyes drying out. Yeah. I would have loved some Reba. So, they, I mean, it only got pushed, like, a couple weeks. Because, I mean, realistically, I all pr yeah, it was October 5th. All 
television at that time was a little news focused. There wasn't a lot of it wasn't a good time to premiere a new show. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, I guess. But um yeah, I remember it, because they did that thing where they did SNL for the first time and they had really Rudy Giuliani on and he was like you can be funny, but you never have before. Waka, yeah, waka, waka. And everyone was like, isn't this funny? Isn't this cute? It's like, this is a weird thing to like get back to normality. We got like SNL and SmackDown. <laughs> yeah, I love that SmackDown was like, I think America needs bad 2001 wrestling. And we're all like, I guess. Yeah, sure. Um, we're all at Ferg's house watching it. We didn't say no. Yeah. Also, uh, I guess before we get into the actual episode itself, I'm sure, Joe, you know this, but I'm just reading up doing some notes before we're getting ready. So, originally, Reba's name was going to be Sally, and they changed it an hour before they recorded the episode, and then they ended up recording two versions, one where they call her Sally and one where they call her Reba. Why? It seems weird to me when someone's this, like, famous and known. I mean, like, but Reba, the weird thing is, this show made Reba, Reba. Like, Sonny and Cher was Sonny and share not sunny bono and share bono you know what i mean like they were from the beginning the entity of single name but our entire lives up until this show it was reba mcintyre and then after call this her show mcintyre well it's her name but yeah no i get what joe is saying it, it but made like, her she became famous. madonna share whatever now she's one name seal you say reba yes yeah, seal. seal um <laughs> yeah so i from what i gather it was because of name recognition and i, I think it was her pitch but the idea was her fan base would recognize it if her name was on it and it would just be it would just make more sense to call her Reba. And then uh, other titles that were considered for the show, because uh, originally it was going to be Sally, just Sally, and then it turned to Reba. But Family Planning, um, Deep in the Heart. These are terrible sitcom names. Uh, the Reba McIntyre show, once they changed the name, yeah. Deep in the Heart, I don't think it would have worked. But um, Oh, because yeah, they're in Texas. Yes, Houston, I believe. I don't think they ever specify Houston, but my investigating yeah. reporting uh, told me Houston when I read up on it. Yeah, because people wear Houston stuff, and they always talk about like going to San Antonio or Galveston as like vacation places. Like I think even in this episode, they say they're going on their honeymoon in Galveston. For the honeymoon, and, yeah. And it's yeah. how much they care about football. That's a Texas thing. That Especially high school football. High school football? Yeah, that that's is that's very what I mean, Texas. High school football. Yeah. In Galveston famous city for their song you know galveston you've got the um the song about galveston well, i can't think of the guy's name who sang it he died a couple years ago i was gonna say i got nothing so unless you have all the details i'm not gonna be able to aid you on this one super famous singer michael oh, jackson though he just died he's like a pop country singer from the 60s oh, prince wichita lineman he's in the country like two seconds but i always think of galveston because gilbert godfrey Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> the only reason that city is famous to me is because that's where they caught Robert Durst dressing up as a woman after he murdered his uh, roommate. Uncle like Fred him. Durst. Yeah, Fred Durst. Have you ever seen the documentary about Robert Durst, the jinx? No. Oh, you guys have to see it. It starts with like a grizzled Texas cop being like, and I saw a floating torso in Galveston Bay, and I put my hand down inside the torso by the rib bones, and you're like, what is happening? And then it's just like, Galveston, Galveston. <laughs> it's like the whole town is ruined forever. Glenn Campbell. Thank you. Jesus Christ, I was going to kill me. There is zero chance I was going to be able to aid you with that. When you I gave me the name, I, who that I was going to say, I thought maybe it'd be someone I knew. Still don't def- know. Him. Oh, you know who you know, Glenn? Uh, like a rhinestone cowboy. Oh, high school high. Oh, from high school. High. I was just going to say. <laughs> chicka, chicka, chicka. 
from high school live. We usually get either like a John Lovitz, a Polly Shore. Who are the guys that we mention every week but never cover anything they're in? <laughs> oh, we have to do high school high for a Patreon. Yeah, but Godfrey. <laughs> But you'd also know his song, Wichita Lineman. That is what Ron Swanson sings when he climbs the telephone pole to reconnect the cable in the okay. episode of Parks and Rec. Well, I guess we need to get into this episode here. So to get into the pilot of... Um, to be fair, that was a country singer tangent, at least. Yeah, it was... I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying... Eventually it was bad. I'm just show. saying at least it was related. So um, the show starts with the Hart family. That's that's the the name of... So it's Reba, but she's not McIntyre. They're the Hearts. Reba Hart. And um, they're at a court-ordered therapy for the family. And Reba tells her son the family that sold their kids at the flea market didn't even get mandated uh, therapy. And then we get um, Dr. Peters enters, who's Nell Carter, who's like a legend from Give Me a Break. And I was like, why is there no audience applause for her just walking on? I just thought she would have been so like a character actor who should get some recognition. Yeah, yeah. like you thought you get the woo or, you know, from a few people. How did no one recognize this woman as she walks in the door? Yeah, as a, as a sitcom podcast, that's a that's some blasphemy right there. Give me a break. A uh, show I assume we're going to do eventually, right? I, hmm. I couldn't imagine we didn't. Give me a break because I know what it takes. That's definitely on the endless list of shows. Yeah, which is always uh, <laughs> before, to tangent again. It's always funny to me because when we talk sometimes, every now and again, someone will bring up the argument. We're going to run out of shows. No, we're Never. fucking not. Never. <laughs> no, we we're could not. do this until the day we're all in hospice care. Yeah. This show could go on forever. It's like we're on we're episode. We're going to run out of good shows. <laughs> yeah, but like we're on episode 70 right now. And w- when you think of the shows we haven't even touched, it, we can write. We're going to we can write a list way longer than this show. Our show will last. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be fine. Yeah, but cut to a couple weeks from now, and you go, hey, we need everybody's picks. And I sit there, and I just draw a complete blank. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so hard. I just started keeping a list on my phone every time I think of something weird. I'll tell you. We'll get into it. Um, you'll find out in a couple weeks. I don't want to disclose what we're doing, but like we're two weeks away if everything stays in order from my pick. Which, after picking it, I went, I don't even like that pick that much. But I think it'll be a fun show to cover. Oh, it's so, not like, a good whatever. show. I like the idea of... The concept, you know, so we can have fun with the concept. But uh, you'll find out in two weeks, guys. So keep listening. Don't worry, everybody. My pick is good. Next well, my pick is fantastic because Reba rules. <laughs> Not to tip my hand on uh, what I think about this TV show, but Reba rules. Yeah, Joe has a T-shirt. It's, it looks like the Hulk Hogan Hulk rules shirt, but it says Reba rules. Hold on. Timestamp that so I remember to go back and make that on Public <laughs> later so that yeah. I can have that for next week's episode. <laughs> So, um, anyways, so Reba starts by assuring Dr. Peters that they're not crazy. They're a nice, normal family. And she's like, oh, yeah, just like every other family I get. And (laughs) we find out that uh, Reba and Brock are separated and that the whole thing kind of started because they were at a custody hearing and things got out of hand there. And I was wondering, because I've heard, like, legally separated isn't even a real thing. You're just kind of separated on your own. So I don't know if that's true or not. I've heard that. So I was like, why would you have a custody hearing before you're officially divorced? Yeah, that would seem to be part of the divorce proceedings, right? Like towards the end, not like when you're like, maybe we'll get back together. I think. But I guess if you're already living apart, then you'd have to sort that out if you're not on the same page. Yeah. But it seems I, like this should have been pretty cut and dry because it sounds like Brock wants none of the kids. So it's, it's not really an issue. They don't go into this episode, but the reason that Brock 
and uh, Reba get divorced is because Brock went through a midlife crisis and he got this weird giant tattoo of a knife with a big handle all the way up his stomach. And it just didn't make any sense to anybody. Oh, (laughs) I got it. Our audience doesn't. (laughs) For those of you who like wrestling, I'm like, what a weird pivot. I was like, I thought it was the affair. (laughs) I thought Um, he's cheating on his wife. I didn't know he got a bad tattoo. Also, Brock Lesnar, if you're listening, please don't kill me. Uh, It was Joe Joe said it. Brock Lesnar. That's a stupid fucking tattoo. I'm sorry. You can beat the shit out of me if you want that tattoo sucks. But I have plenty of tattoos that suck. It's... We could hang out and talk about that instead. Good luck. Ask him about his <laughs> kill em all tramp stamp he has, too. That Jimmy John's logo he has tattooed on, on his, his thighs. Yeah. But, um, so now Dr. Peter reads, like, um, her chart. She finds out it was, like, a full-on brawl. And she asked Brock about punching the bailiff, but apparently that was Cheyenne, who's their oldest <laughs> daughter. And she did that because they were trying to kick her boyfriend, Van, out. We find out that... Van plays football, and this is the first that we see that Brock is kind of obsessed with him. He's also the assistant coach to the team. Van's not in the room, but we're learning about him. This, to me, was a weird scene, and again, I don't like doing like that. If you jump ahead in the season or whatever, but this is like a weird, like, you're setting the stage that this family is unhinged, that the kids are beating up bailiffs in a yeah. courtroom. That's not how this show goes. It's not how the rest of this episode goes. It's not how these characters go. It's a weird way to start to be like, oh, all the kids were beating up like cops in the courtroom. But it's I not what the show's whole, about at all. This whole opening scene I thought was a very strange scene. They were trying to give you a lot of reveals about what's going on in the family, but I thought this was the wrong way to go about introducing you to everybody. 100%. I would have rather seen all that. It seems like a good episode. Yeah, give me the court episode. <laughs> Oh, a crossover with the with Night Court? Yes. Bull. <laughs> Cheyenne's beating up Bull? I would watch that all day long. Uh, also, we find out Jake, who's like the youngest of the three kids, he's probably like what? Like six-ish, somewhere around yeah, there? he's pretty he's young. He's pretty young. Tried to bite someone there? What was it? The court reporter? The court reporter, yeah. The poor stenographer. Yeah. And he, he's like, I didn't think anyone was looking. He had a really good... I actually really liked... Um, for a young kid, I thought his um, his acting chops are pretty good in this. He's classic TV kid who's like, but I'm really cute. And then the yeah. show goes like 10 years. He's like, I didn't think anyone was looking. You're like, oh, God, get that monster off the screen. <laughs> I've said it before. Only Disney knows how to pick kids. I don't know what like magic thing that they, they can like see what they look like as adults. Yeah, it's a weird, I don't know, whatever money Walt Disney paid to I don't even want to say it because we're going to get mad. <laughs> sure. Let's just move past it. So, like, they keep going on about the whole custody situation. And Jake, the son, says, like, I want to stay with mom. Cheyenne's like, I want to stay with dad. Kira, who's the middle child, who, I, what would you peg her for? She's probably like around, like, 12-ish. Yeah. And Cheyenne's 17. So they're all kind of in uh, maybe about six years, five, six years apart each. Kira goes, is boot camp an option? Meaning she would rather not stay with either parent. Here is the sarcastic one. They definitely lean into that. Yep, they they definitely get the form- formula down. The dumb one, the sarcastic one, the cute one. It yeah. was um oh man, what's her name? I'm trying to And then to Van's think. all of those things. He's just the dumb one. No, he's the Cody. Well, he's the uh, dumb one, but he's also the cute one. Like Van yeah. is also like cute about everything he does, you know what I mean? Oh, I thought you just meant like attractive. 
Oh, well, I mean, he is. We'll talk the about handsome, Van in a minute. Handsome, man. handsome guy, all right? Handsome um, guy. Judgment well, free. If we're going to talk about Van for a second, something that blew my mind. So does anybody here or anybody here ever watch the show Shameless? Yeah, I love Shameless. Right, Shameless, one of the best shows ever. I couldn't believe that I only started watching this show like a month ago. Very first episode, I'm like, hey, that's Van. Van's one of the main characters in this. Scene two is just Van full dong out. <laughs> and I turned to Kelsey, I was like, we just saw Van's penis. Like, I didn't know what I Because we had just finished Reba, and it was like, well, this seems like the next show to start. And it was just like Van's wang hanging out. And I was like, that seems weird now. That seems very, very weird now. <laughs> and that's in the is that in the first episode first episode like three first minutes, minutes like. well great now when we cover shameless uh that'll be a fun topic i think we should yeah. just cover that scene from shameless we just go is it a prosthetic is it kevin's real penis it, i'm it's uh to go back and escape this conversation <laughs> it's funny that uh ferg that you compared him to cody because when i mentioning kira and i was saying how sarcastic she was the first one that came to mind is um, the oldest of Suzanne Summers' daughters. Alex? I, I'm trying. Yeah, is that Alex? No, I don't know I don't, if it's Alex. No, Alex is the I, I know who you mean. Al. Al was Al, the Al, was, Al yeah. yeah. But, the girl uh, from My Two Dads, who's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm forgetting her name. Dana. Dana. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's funny we both drew step by step comparisons. Very different shows, but um, kind of some template characters that you pull from. Also, later on when they yell "Die, Jockstrap," that's a very Dana line too <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh, she has those same like just dry one-liners very yeah. you know so brock tells cheyenne he doesn't have room for her at like his condo and it was kind of like an awkward moment to me because I, he's like dad i'll cook for you i'll clean like please like let me stay with you and he's like i can't and it was just like i don't know it i just don't feel felt bad wrong. i don't feel bad because she deliberately was with her mom and said i choose dad and fuck her but the That's dad that'd be tough to be in. But for the dad to just be like, she's begging, can I please stay with you? And he's just like, no, nah, I'm good. It just seemed very, very awkward to me. I the don't whole think it thing was him. Is awkward, but also he should have been like, well, maybe on weekends, honey. But I work nine to five, and you've got school, and I do whatever. Yeah. Like, I think there's just a better way of handling that than just being like, nah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it, it's I don't know. I, I definitely don't think he was thinking about Reba's how she felt in the moment. It was just more like, no, please. I don't want any kids staying at my house. Well, as we learn in this entire episode, Brock does not care about how Reba feels. No. And Reba says, it's time that, you know, like all of this ends, we need to sort this out. And says that Brock, you need to get over your midlife crisis and move back home. And you can go bungee jumping or pierce something like it's like whatever you need to get over this, but it's time to come back home. And this is when, he drops like the bomb on her and he's like, I can't move back with you. I'm marrying Barbara Jean. I thought Reba's reaction was kind of not as expected because there was like no weight to her hearing about this. It's just more like, no, you're not. <laughs> it's just, no, you're coming. Don't be silly. Move back in with us. It's like, did you not just hear that he's marrying this human? Like, yeah, I thought, I, I thought it was strange that, um, she thought this was a temporary thing and he was eventually going to come back. Yeah. They're having custody hearings. Clearly, they're at the point of no return. Well, I mean, like, sometimes that does work itself out. You get the liar, liar scenarios. It does. It, it just, they are on very different pages at this point. And for him to be involved oh, with this yeah. girl that he's planning on marrying and for her to still think, like, oh, he's coming home any day now. Like, it's like, 
cut it with this nonsense. But I just thought in general, it was just the reaction she had. There was just no like sadness or realization like, oh my God, he's really staying with her. It was it just more been like, angrier. Like, I'll kill you. It was just more like dismissed it. She's like, no, you're not. Move back home. And it's just, I don't know. I just didn't read that as the correct response. I mean, maybe she's I just thinking you. that like he's saying that because he's in, he's spiraling in his crisis, right? And she's like, I know better than you. We've been together all these years. You're saying something dumb. Right. Well, and the, but then he says, like, I can't move in. Uh, I'm marrying you. I'm marrying her. I have to. And she's like, you have to. The only reason you'd have to is if you gone off and and then realizes, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yeah, there might be something. There might be a little bun in the oven. And Jake's not. He's not like picking up the what the cues were there when you know when Reba figures it out because again he's a young kid. So he's he's like asking like what what and then finally Kira blurts out Barbara Jean is pregnant, and Jake's like I thought Cheyenne was pregnant, and now that whole family's shocked. Kira's just like, no, he's just a stupid kid. I don't know why she defended it like he was wrong. I thought maybe Cheyenne would have said that. But he's like, I'm not stupid. She left the pregnancy test in the trash can. See, again, this is all stuff that should have been in another pilot. Like, they had the court thing. They had the kids all knowing about her being pregnant and stuff. It's like the fact that they were they were hiding it from the parents. So the kids knew, you know, they were. I think they put a lot in this episode. I think they yeah, put it should have been a two it should have been a two part episode have all that other stuff before and then agreed. this is where it all blows up the climax like you can see the scene where Cheyenne like pees on the stick finds out it's pregnant she puts it in the trash barrel she's freaking out and you hear Reba downstairs be like Cheyenne it's trash day take the trash <laughs> out and she's like okay mom and then she forgets and then it zooms into the trash barrel and does like the and then you know what's going to happen versus just Oh, this feral family of wolves were biting cops in the courtroom and now everyone's yeah. pregnant. Really, That's kind of a weird way to start this. So you could have had the sister find it and then hold it over her head like, no, now, you, now you're my slave this week, Cheyenne. Yeah, but if like, she holds, holds it over her head, she's going to get pee on her head. <laughs> well, I guess if you, if you really <laughs> don't start there's only be a few drops. But um, yeah, so Cheyenne, when she finds out that he saw the stick, says i'm gonna kill you and like dives on top of him and that causes like a family pile up so again i don't know you say the family's not properly represented there's multiple pileups going on in this episode alone so maybe they calm down after this episode but as far as pilot this is who they are just say you wouldn't see that behavior from sally's family right <laughs> that's true well i guess i mean this episode i don't know if you guys looked into who directed this uh, it's James Widows, who was Hoover in Animal House, who's okay, been in cool. a ton of stuff, and he's directed a ton of stuff, but, like, you know, a super funny dude who was in a bunch of, like, like, think of Animal House, right? It's a very funny movie with a lot of weird gags that are very physical. It's like, maybe he was just coming from that mindset to be like, people think this is funny, it works in Animal House, it does, it's great. Um, and this is funny, but, like, later on they pivot, and maybe that was, like, a director choice versus a... You know, could have been. writer yeah. choice. Well, again, it's like, you know, pilot episodes and the whole reason we do the show, right? We talk about it. Right. Things shows, change. Shows find themselves. They're not always what they are. Episode one. And as a matter of fact, most shows that do know themselves right from episode one are the most impressive. You're like, how did you just know right off the bat? Like when we watched Roseanne, Roseanne was Roseanne from the minute it started. 
Roseanne's a rare one. Yeah. I mean, look at like The Office, for example, right? Like The Office in season one is not, or oh, yeah, pilot it's episode it's is not growth. The Office in season three, right? But Roseanne is Roseanne from day one until the last season of the original run where they're on a train with Steven Seagal. Then it's not Roseanne anymore. But up until oh, yeah, then. Roseanne, Roseanne stopped being Roseanne, but it started being Roseanne. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird show. I love it, but a weird show. Um, you see a lot more of it now, though, with everything's made for streaming. So yeah, that, we, that we've had this conversation us. before. Yeah. Is like you're getting a full show, you're not just getting a pilot and hoping it. Pilots seem to work. almost be dying off a little bit. And it's like, for, for yeah, better or worse, like the idea of the pilot. The, we've gone on this spiel, and I've said this, especially Netflix shows, which we've we've covered a few. We mentioned Comfort uh, Country Comfort earlier, and then such classics as The Crew and The Big Show Show. <laughs> you know, all the good ones. They they buy the show before anything's recorded, and they just buy it on concept really and then they film the whole season at once and then you know whether it's good or not you're gonna watch it get the clicks and if they don't like it they just won't renew it and that's just kind of how it works now from that pile up was the fade straight into the intro and i feel like joe we're not going to agree i hated this intro hated it i fucking love this song hate it it's not just about the song first i don't think the song totally fits but you mean like reba doing this that's uh, for those of you listening, <laughs> yes, so, uh, I keep doing this. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's one of those. So yeah, so the intro is just it's only shots of Reba on a soundstage, just like looking at the camera at different angles, and over her own song "I'm a Survivor," and that's it. And it's just no one else from the cast. There's nothing. It's that just, changes. It gets expanded a lot more later on. I want that it gets jazzy, <laughs> but it was just her, like. What about the rest of the family? I understand the whole maybe well, you're selling my, it on Reba though. But I get the idea. Let's change my name to Reba for fan recognition and, and things like that. But come on, they, they don't even not a, a second of anyone else on the intro. It's not even her like within the confines of the episode. You're not even looking at clips essentially of Reba Hart. You're looking at just Reba McIntyre, just right. footage of her. It just doesn't me being sassy. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of like brassy and sassy Reba. Oh, do you need a little look to the side action? <laughs> but I'll say I this: I hate the song, and I don't think it fits as an intro to any sitcom because it just brings you down. It didn't it's get not, me pumped or excited. It's not it's fun too, enough. Like melancholy. It, like I agree. Part. And the actual song is like when it's not edited is way more depressing. But they get smart later on, where literally it's just like the picture of Reba and just. I'm a survivor. And they yeah. go right into it. And you're like, that works. But you don't need the like hard scrabble. Life has been hard. My kids, my husband. Like that's not part of the song. Like that's not making you walk into this and be like, this should be funny. <laughs> yeah. That said. Who's songs. ready for 22 minutes of fun? <laughs> I know, right? You don't hear that song. Are we going to see Van's <laughs> penis in this episode? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I hadn't watched the show yet before I had prepped. And it's, like I said, it's been years. So it's not fresh in my mind. And neither is that song. So in our chat to peel it back for the you know those of you listening, Ferg brings it up. Then Joe shows us he's got like the record for it. So I'm like, fuck it. So I play it. I'm in my car. So I go to just like on my Spotify just to play the song to hear it on the drive home from work. I'm like, this is what this this song is not great. I mean, not my life is changing fast. Who I am is yeah. And I will also say in fairness, I'm not a big country guy, so I don't know. I wanna be. I don't know where it fits for big country fans. I know Reba is a big star in her own right. The song is not by Big Country Jay. It's by Reba. 
my my apologies. I was curious and I was hoping I'd find something reading up on it, but I didn't really know how Reba got to like be in the place where she was starring in her own network television show. Yeah, you know, I didn't really see that either where like me and Reba's always been very popular in like that world. And like again, I have one foot in this world, one foot out. I hate the sort of pop country world, but 80s pop country-ish stuff. I'm like, well, that's got a foot in stuff I do like. I'm not going to shit on Reba or Alan Jackson like sort of thing, you know, but or Jermaine what <laughs> Jermaine Jackson as well. But Tito can fuck himself. Yeah. Um you know what I mean? But, like, I don't remember her being that overly present at that time. You know what I mean? It wasn't like Reba was everywhere and she was bound for a TV show finally. Yeah, hey, she was the wife in Tremors, all right? And oh, she dude, she's so good impre- in Tremors. She made a big impression in that and they're like, she needs a sitcom. But this is 10 years later. Yeah, obviously the producer watched Tremors. So it's <laughs> it's, like, it's a Reba. real big impression. <laughs> that girl really shines. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I hadn't looked, and I should have, because I was like, did she even act before the show came out? Yeah, she's she, about, she's I mean, Tremors is probably the biggest thing she was in. R.I.P. Fred Ward just died, right? Yep. Yeah. Very sad. That's very sad. And when it, when I first heard, I don't know why I thought he, it was Bert, and I was really upset. That didn't he just Bert. die, too? No, he's alive still. He died Bert Ward in is the, still? He died in the um, most recent um, Tremors movie. Man. We're talking about the character Burt from Tremors, not. Oh, they're talking about Burt Ward from Rocky because I think he just died. (laughs) Polly? Yeah. Is he? I can't. I thought he finally. I mean, I don't want to say finally. Finally, for I fucking love Burt Ward, but I think that he. We all assumed he was dead because he was a hundred when we were kids. You could be right, and now I feel compelled to check. I think he just passed away. Burt Ward is alive. Oh wait, seventy-seven. I got Robin from Batman. Oh, that's, oh, what that's I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. So wait. So Bert. <laughs> Bert. I love this is, tangent. Yeah, we just made it to the theme song. <laughs> like what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Bert Young is Polly. Bert Young, thank you. Yeah, Bert Ward is Robin. Oh, You're so right. it's Joe's right. fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. sorry. Oh, and, surprise! It's Joe's fault. And I believe Bert Young also alive. Okay, so, I'm glad he's still alive. Then good perfect. On you. But Polly, Polly's dead. Burt Young, more like Gary Oldman. Am I right? I wish he'd die. Oh what? my god! <laughs> Who doesn't love Gary Oldman? I'm just kidding. He I plays know. Sid Vicious in Sid and Nancy, whose wife is Chloe Webb, who's the mom in Shameless, where you see Van's penis. I actually mixed him up with the guy that sings the um, Toy Story theme song. Gary Randy Newman? Newman? Oh, Randy Gary Newman. Newman. Randy yeah. Newman. <laughs> yeah. Short Tune in this week as we just die. butcher everybody's names. It's <laughs> just a uh, ce- celebrity name jumble. But if you want, we could just do Randy Newman karaoke. But, uh, Randy maybe- Newman, whose greatest role of all time was the singing bush in Three Amigos. <laughs> I think I think it's time we move on <laughs> the intro of the show. So uh, can we clock this? I just want to know how long we've been recording, and we're only a while. Here. A while. We'll probably get a little snip snip at some point. Thirty nine minutes. Yeah. So here we are in the first scene of the show, and Cheyenne and her boyfriend Van and Brock are all sitting on the couch as like Reba's pacing back and forth reprimanding. And um, to to have to tangent again, this episode was shot on a redressed set of the Hugleys, who um, oh, really, really, so, so they thought the show is going to be canceled, so they used that set, and then. I guess the Hugleys got picked up for another season, surprisingly. <laughs> so then they had to create a 
a like set on on a different soundstage. Uh, so they had two matching houses, essentially. They're dressed differently, so it won't be super obvious. But the construct of them are uh, exactly the same. That's where they recorded the oh, first I'll episode. I'll have to check season two to see, I mean, episode two to see if I noticed that difference. I didn't know that. Yeah. You have to well, uh, take a mental note for when we do the ho- the Hughleys. Well, I don't <laughs> I even think, from what, the way I read it, I don't, even, I don't think you would even notice a difference from episode two because they built two identical sets. That, like, like they just copied it, basically. Yeah, because when they used the Hoogly, uh, Hoogly, <laughs> the Hughley set... <laughs> Great hoogly moogly. <laughs> Great hoogly moogly. They um they they changed like all the furniture and stuff within it. It was just you know as far as um the architecture was the same because they used the same setup. So the you know the room to room would be identical. And then you're totally fine for tangenting there because I've got a tangent in this scene too. Okay, it starts by Reba saying like, "How could this happen?" The first one to chime in is Brock, who's like, "Well, how do these things ever happen? Two people work together. The X-ray rooms talk. Like, I was talking about them." They tell him that they thought you could only get pregnant once a month. This is my tangent. So I okay. had to peel the curtain back a little bit. I had pre- been trying to get pregnant, right? So when that when you're trying to get pregnant, you then... I saw I was watching this the other day and I was like, that's not right. Because I know because it is like a sitcom where it's like, today's the day. And you're like, oh my god, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> like So I did some math on this. Okay, so there's... So call it 31 days in a month, right? So say a woman has her period for five days. Right. Right. Even though you could possibly get pregnant on the last day of the period because the way the ovulation works, which you call it five days, right? So now you're down to 26 days, right? You're actually only in ovulation or where the sperm will stay alive for five days total out of the month. Oh. So Reba, who's in her 40s and has multiple children... Has this math way wrong where she's like, I'm down all around in a hot tub. <laughs> like, that's not how this works. It can't be every day, first time you try. It's very specifically only really like five days a month. So Van is technically more, is closer to being right than Reba. Yeah, I, kind of. But <laughs> even even when they say that, and I'm thinking like. I wrote it all on a post-it note so I wouldn't forget. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like a math equation you can see. Uh, so there's literally an X there where I did the times. And although I doubt it, if any doctors are listening and want to chime in, by all means, uh, give us a comment. S one E one pod on Twitter or Instagram. Chime in. Just not Dr. Acula. <laughs> <laughs> Let me come to your podcast. Uh, 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 so I'm thinking even if that was true, right? Even if you can only get pregnant one day a month. They don't know what day that is, so... She does not seem like she's tracking it. And now they have apps and wristbands and what was your heat... I'm in a world right now. Um, <laughs> but there's all sorts of stuff to track it. I don't think in 2001 you could. No. They probably had some stuff, but not like... Today. But not like we have now. Yeah, but the smartest smartphone then was like a, a Blackberry... I don't like, even think we. I don't even we, think that yet, because at this point, I would have had my first phone, which had the like had two, an antenna at the. Two thousand one. I'm sorry, I'm thinking like two thousand and one. Yeah, is I still have my like, Nokia. We're still like yeah, like freshmen, sophomores. Yeah, it's still very much the blue Nokia. Yeah, this would have been the first phone I ever got. Would have been probably this year, and I only got it because I was going to New York. My parents were like, "We'll let you go to New York as a teenager, but you have to have a phone." And I was like, "Oh, cool! They can get something good when they stab me. That makes sense." Because like, yeah. it's not like now where having a phone is second nature. You were like, "Oh, I have to worry about this four hundred dollar thing in my back pocket now." That's terrifying. But then you could play Snake on the bus ride, so that was that's nice. true. 
Um, Instead, I just played underage teenage drinker throw up on the Fungwa. That sounds about right. Better game. Yeah. So as you said, Joe, Reba's like, oh, you know, you, you can get pregnant anyway. First time, standing, sitting, all that. And then like the motel hot tub thing, her and Brock exchanged looks, and which makes it obvious that that is how one of their children came to be. I thought these two have a very weird dynamic. It's very tough to like pinpoint where they are, where they're at with one another. Right, because they seem sort of flirty still, because they both like exchange a glance where they're like, "Remember that time in the hot tub?" They yeah, they could joke around. They're there for each other. They hate each other. They're going through court issues because they can't agree on simple things. It's really tough to track these two and where they stand. They just they have a lifetime of experience. They have three kids together. Yeah, that, does, they, that doesn't all go away just because right, the love a, it was goes a, away. It was a twenty-year marriage. But I just mean their dynamic as far as, like, where they even sit with each other and, like, whether or not they get along. It it was kind of tough to track. Sex in a hot tub also seems very uncomfortable. I know. I was thinking that, too. That doesn't Doesn't seem appealing. That's how you have a girl. The the heat burns away (laughs) off man sperm. I blame the Jets. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, would I deny the opportunity? Probably not in the heat of the moment. But I wouldn't be, like, that would not be my choice. You know, I would, hey, let's head over there to where it's scorching hot. And I'm the only s- time the opportunity ever presented itself for me was the night of my wedding where we had a hot tub in our room and I was so drunk that I was just amazed because I had never done a hot tub so, like that before and I was naked and I was like, everything floats. And Kelsey was like, <laughs> okay, time to put you to bed, bud. So we never got the opportunity. But I learned a valuable lesson about water buoyancy and I'm, I'm proud to know it now. Did not learn a valuable lesson in drinking too much <laughs> and, and ruining the moment. What was that? <laughs> and, I'm back um, on new pills tomorrow, so I'm like two months off of booze. I'm really having a renaissance tonight. The listeners are so confused. Um, so yeah, Someone's going to call like the cops on me. <laughs> Check on that boy. Is he okay? We also find out in the scene that they don't wear condoms or they didn't wear condom in that moment because... Um, no risk of STDs. It was both of their first time. And Van gets really embarrassed and starts giggling. I, I got a little kick out of that. Him <laughs> I did like that, too. Chuckling I looked, at the, that's like, what his embarrassment was, that he was a virgin. Yeah. They all keep arguing for a bit. And it's a lot of Reba processing kind of both things at once because she always throws it back to Brock and bringing up how she put him through dental school. And it was like, well, that was 25 years ago. And Barbara Jean never brings up dental school. And she goes, she wasn't alive then. And it was, and it was like a good delivery and I got a laugh from the audience. But It's a good joke. The payoff was not right. The payoff wasn't good. But the joke doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why would Barbara Jean bring up dental school? Why would she ever even bring up, hey, your wife put you through dental school? It doesn't make sense. It's basically, he's basically saying Barbara Jean doesn't nag me about things. It doesn't right. specifically have to be yeah. dent- dental school. It, that was just an example. But I just thought the setup was, I don't I just didn't like, you get the laugh, but when you think about the joke itself, I'm like, this doesn't track for me. This doesn't make enough sense. Not to get too far ahead, but did you guys expect Barbara Jean to be much younger? Yes. These I do, yeah. When they say she wasn't alive then, you expect her to be like Cheyenne's age. I have it writ- written down later, but I'm, I'll just bring it up now since we're talking about it. Barbara Jean versus Reba, as far as actual age in real life, they're like 16 years different. But they don't look it. But Reba is 16 years older than her. What's crazy, too, is I brought up that show. I think it's Malibu Country, Reba's most recent show. And it's just so weird how 
things are so different now. Reba looks younger on that show from a couple years ago than she does on this show. No one does it. Hair. Hairstyles. Hair and clothing. Yeah, watch Tremors. She looks older than now. And older than on Reba. She's, yeah, it's She's so got weird. the, like, the curly, like, bang, like, mom hair. Like, yeah, she has the big, big mop of hair in that. And then uh, Reba tells Van that, you know, you need to go home and tell your family, and then we're going to sort all of this out tomorrow. And on his way out, he looks over to Brock. He's like, sorry, coach. And Brock's like, oh, shake it off. Big game Saturday. And <laughs> it's like, he just got your daughter pregnant, but... It's like don't want. Hey, we got a, we got a game to play. Like most people would just have stabbed him to death already. You know what I mean? Like that's you touched my baby. Thing. Also, but I guess at least he maybe you can forgive it a little that he's not being so mad because he's in such a weird spot too. He seems just obsessed with the fact that he loves that he plays football and that he's yeah. good at it. He loves college football and teeth. That's just and high school for blonde woman. Uh, also. Doesn't? I'm a brunette guy, but um, I am also this is a little bit of foreshadowing. You, I didn't pick up on it in the moment, but reading back, big game Saturday. Not thinking about they're gonna have plans on Saturday later down the road, and it does it does come into play later. But it's I good think, writing. yeah, you'd have to catch it because obviously on the first watch, second watch, really for me, I didn't pick up on that that it does tie in. They do kind of warn you. Also, I can't remember what's her name. I have it written down, but the person who, the woman who created this show is also, was a writer on a bunch of shows, including ones we've covered, like Boy Meets World. So she, like, has written a lot of TV, and I think, like, that's one of those things where, like, an experienced writer throws that in there so that later on you get it, and you're like, oh, they mentioned this, and I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, it was smart writing there. And now, um, the next scene, Reba's in the kitchen, and she's making dinner for, like, the two youngest kids. Looks like grilled cheese night. That's a great night. No, it's great with grilled cheese soup, tomato soup. I was gonna I say chicken like noodle, but I will. Chicken will give noodle you soup and grilled cheese. That's a thing. Chicken noodle soup and grilled cheese. Yeah, I always knew tomato soup. It's to always go with tomato, it. man. Uh, we always do chicken noodle soup or chicken and rice. But yeah, I love chicken soup and grilled cheese. That's like my go-to. I'm not feeling well dinner. The you know what? Um, it made me think too. Grilled cheese, right? It's the cheapest, easiest dinner to have when you're cooking for, like, the kids and shit. But when I was a kid, if, like, my mom's like, oh, we're having grilled cheese for dinner tonight, that seemed like a special night. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're like, yes. That, like, that's so much more exciting than when she spent all night cooking, like, a intricate dinner. I was like, grilled cheese night? This is amazing. Yeah, like, I beat your, I beat your house around and be like, I made pork chops and all this stuff. And I'd be like... What did you spend all day breading this and beating it? That's great. <laughs> yeah, we're getting pizza. I'd be like, we're getting pizza. Can I have some Kraft macaroni and cheese, please? Yeah, like, yeah. Kids are so shitty. Grilled cheese night is just so fun. I don't, I don't know what it is about it. But uh, Kira asks her mom, "What's like? what am I supposed to call Barbara Jean once her and dad get married? And Reba like, cracks a joke. Well, not really even a joke, but she's like, you're not supposed to call her anything. You When you look at her at Walmart, you point and you say, there's the woman who stole my daddy. I like the idea that she keeps that up, though, but, like, her whole life. So she's, like, 70 yeah. years old and Barbara Jean's 90. She's like, there's a woman who stole my daddy. Please leave me alone. We, <laughs> we were in love. And I'm like, leave my wife Barbara Jean alone. Jesus. Barbara OBJ. Jean is not my lover. What's really weird is in the final season of this, she, like, 100% transforms herself. Where she through loses, like... Through knives or through... 
healthy there, she living. loses like a hundred pounds. Like she's a completely oh. different human being when she walks onto the episode. Like when you, especially when you binge shows, and you're like, you watch season five, episode twenty four, or whatever, and then season six, episode one, this different human being walks in, but still has the same voice, and is like, "Hey y'all!" You're like, "What the fuck just happened?" It is so yeah, but she also confusing. balloons up before that too. I think she got pregnant. She at got one pregnant, point. so yeah. I think she gained some weight from there. Yeah, which is pretty. I mean, it's pretty standard. It, it kind of, you know, you saying that makes me think of like Chris Pratt and Parks and Rec when he got sure, trained. Yeah. He just and shows just, up one season just being like a hunk. And you're yeah, like, he fuck? was like, his whole thing was he was like dumpy and goofy and then all of a sudden he's an action star and <laughs> you're not supposed to acknowledge it. Like they'll, they'll tell a quick joke and that's supposed to be enough to not acknowledge the fact that he looks like a different human from now on. In between those scenes is when that movie Zero Dark Thirty came out, and it was like the summertime. I remember seeing the first commercial for it. It's like Chris Pratt as a wrestler, and he's like, "Are we really going to kill Osama bin Laden?" I was like, "What the fuck just happened? Who is that, Chris Pratt? Andy? Yeah, is like, that Andy? Um, is that Mouse Rat? It was like uh, Predators when they made Adrian Brody an action star. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're like, like Adrian Brody. What?" Like, I love Jacked Adrian Brody, that. but that's not who he is. <laughs> have you seen that new Adrian Brody where he's the garbage man who kills everybody? No, I have not. It's fucking awesome. It is so good. I forget the name of it, but I'll send it to you after this. Don't forget, Chris Pratt also on the OC as Che. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel Unfortunately, like a show we can't cover for so many reasons. Not a I sitcom, know. not remotely funny. And hour-long episodes, which we will never, we'll ever never cover. Do. But if y'all gone back and watched the OC, I can't do it. I like it still. I haven't I have. watched it in a while, but I still I like liked it. it when we watched it every... Was it after SmackDown? During SmackDown. We yeah, we still... Oh, we just turn off wrestling because that was better. <laughs> that, started, that started off with, I'd have you all over for SmackDown. Me and Russ would leave to go watch the OC. You guys would make fun of us. And by the end, you were all in the room with us watching the OC. Well, what, what happened wrestling. was, Ferg, who had, I think, just TiVo at the time. I think we're still in a pre-regular DVR world. Yeah. They ran on the same night. It was both Thursday night, and we would all go to Ferg's house and watch SmackDown, but they wanted to watch the OC, so they would, like, DVR watch it after. We got to a point. We're all hanging out. We don't want to go home. We're all, what, 15, 16, 17? I don't know. Somewhere in that realm. So it's either go home or keep hanging out with my buddies and watch the show. And then somehow it just roped us all in. I think it got to a point where we started watching the OC live and then DVRing SmackDown and watching that after. And fast forwarding through the bad matches, which is the way to go. It's, it's anyway. you more time efficient. Commercials. Yeah. If like that's what happened with Lost too. Like I didn't care about Lost at all. And like maybe Nick or somebody bought the like Nick from the show who's not here. Nick, I wish you were here for this story. Uh bought the first season on DVD and we all watched it. We were like, this is kind of interesting, I guess, but I'm not gonna like follow up on this. And by like the fourth season, when people would be like, We can't hang out tonight, we're watching Lost. You just like go hang out and be quiet. And after a while I was like borrowing my roommate's computer to like watch it on like the nbc.com or whatever to like like i need to catch up on lost i never watched it i remember here. nothing I of it now lost. i loved it at the time i don't know if i could rewatch it now but i loved it then so uh to go back into the episode as we need to do once in a while uh jake says can i ask you something reba's looking in thinking it's going to be an important kind of heavy question because it's all about pregnancies and divorces and all this and she's like sure what do you want and he says can Brett come over on Saturday? And then she says, have I mentioned you're my favorite? And starts the running gag this whole episode. Yeah. You're my favorite. Yeah. Everyone gets a turn being the favorite. And I was thinking, how cool would it be if the family then adopted Brett and then he could be Brett Hart? Oh, goddamn. He'd probably be more charismatic than the real Brett Hart. 
Oh, we where met- they live next. Where they live down the street from their sitcom neighbors, the Goldbergs, and Brett would just <laughs> hate the Goldbergs so much. <laughs> Sorry to any of you who have no idea what we're talking about. Um, it's if you're a wrestling fan, inside you'll get baseball it. wrestling sitcom mashup joke. And the internet exists. Google it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Bret Hart, Hart hates Goldberg. Goldberg. Get you'll on get with it. it. You'll get it. He kicked his head like a football. He's <laughs> unsafe. So after talking to Jake, uh, Reba starts transitioning to talking to Kira again and kind of wondering if her daughter's not going to make the same decisions Cheyenne made, her older sister. And Kira's like, don't worry, Mom. I, you know, I know all about birth control. And Reba says, oh, really? And what age is appropriate for a young lady to become sexually active? And she says, 40. And Reba goes, have I mentioned you're my favorite? So now that's two. So now two children in a quick span have become the favorite child. I mean, 40, I guess, seems like the most logical time to start being sexually active. I guess unless you want kids. Life begins at 40. That's what they say. Oh, this is 40. And um, so now we get to Reba upstairs with... Grilled cheese in hand. Like, um, she's bring, bringing a plate up to Cheyenne. Fucking, I want a grilled cheese now. I know. <laughs> Watching I wish really we hadn't mentioned want, this. Yeah, I want a grilled cheese. So she's bringing one up to Cheyenne. When she opens the door to her room, she also sees it as an opportunity to talk to her a little bit because of everything happening. And Cheyenne's like, oh, I'm tired. Can we just talk tomorrow? And Reba kind of suspects that something's up. So you get the, like, back and forth, and she's kind of looking into the room, and she says, Van? And then after a pause... Yeah, and <laughs> Van was hiding under the bed. Although there's two beds in there, right? So does she share a does she share a room with? I wanted to bring this up. It doesn't look like she shares a room with Kira because none of Kira's stuff is in that room because they but have very opposite personalities. So she just has like a married couple in the fifties bedroom. Yeah, just in case for sleepovers. Push the beds together. I would have liked it if she caught him by, like, just playing off his, like, stupidity. Like, if she was like, and you just hear knock, knock, and the other one. Yeah, that could have worked. That is a better joke, yeah. That's very sitcom And when you discover that Van's hiding under the bed and he finally comes out, Reba's like, why is it we're the only house in Texas without a gun? <laughs> I think that was the first time you would realize they were from Texas. Um, they show exterior shots of the city, but... The accent kind of gives it away. Yeah, a little bit. But she's from Oklahoma. I wouldn't... I mean, I can't look at a picture of Houston, like the, when they show the exterior like cityscape shots, and no. identify it as Houston. There's very few cities you could do that with. The only town in Texas I can identify with the skyline is Dallas, because they use it for movies so often. Like, Robocop is Dallas, right? Like, the buildings are so ingrained in your head because you've seen them so many times because so many movies shoot there. Although, having been to Dallas a few times, it's not like a... There's not a lot of big, notable, monument-type buildings that would flag you. I think that's why it's so recognizable, though, because there's, like, three of them, right? So when you see them, you recognize them, because when they do those shots in those movies, it's, like, a straight shot on. The Alice now, they rely on a lot of neon. There's a lot of neon on their buildings. Which I love. Since the 80s, too, when they did the second World Class Championship Wrestling uh, opening from the late 80s, they would do the big thing where it was like, ding, 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 and they'd go all through (laughs) Dallas, and you could see all that stuff. I just envision Nick listening back to this episode and screaming every time wrestling comes <laughs> There's up. There's so much wrestling. And uh, so to go back, Van explains Welcome to Welcome back Reba, to Virgin Pod. Good yeah. to be with you. Hey, no offense if you're holding out. That's commendable. No, good for you. Good for you. Start at 40. Van explains to Reba that his family kicked him out as soon as they found out about the baby, which tough situation. 
to be honest. <laughs> um, I think you know what bonehead move if he's that good at football. That's the fucking meal ticket. Right, like yeah, probably keep I mean, him he, around. Spurler alert. He doesn't get to the NFL, but he has a pretty successful football career outside of this. But you also find out his parents, he has a lot of money. Yeah. Which he doesn't really sure. express in this episode, but he does come from money. Cheyenne tells Reba that, you know, we're just talking. It's not like every time we're alone together, we hop in a bed. I was thinking, like, does it even matter at this point? Like, what? <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? You're already pregnant. They make a later. lot of jokes in this episode once you find out Cheyenne's pregnant about her getting pregnant again, which I think are really funny because it shows, like, her character. Like, at the very end, they make a joke where it's like, we promise we won't get pregnant on this vacation, but she's, like, earnest about it. Yeah. Goes, don't worry, I brought a lot of condoms. <laughs> yeah, like, they're so dumb, they don't get that it, could, it couldn't happen again. You are already pregnant. Van says that he was going to wait until they were in private, but, you know, I might as well just do this now gets on a knee and he proposes right in you know front of Reba. They were in private a minute ago. He was waiting for them to be in private. Up until just now they were in private. They were in private with his her mom not being there. Like it would have been way easier to He also came up on a ladder, which is like some romantic shit, right? You go to the window on a ladder. Don't even come know, in the room. Sa- like, Sam from Clarissa explains it all. He used to do it all the time. I never thought of it as romantic. Well they did try to date and it was awkward. To be fair, Sam was cock-blocked. Sam wanted it, and Clarissa did not. No. We'll cover that, too, eventually, too, actually. That, that's I think definitely we'll do that one. But do you know what keeps you from going a little too far? A goddamn pet alligator. That's why Sam never Elvis? got out of the line. It's kind of smart. Elvis. Yeah, so during the proposal, he then he takes an earring out and puts it on his, on her finger. So I guess he was wearing a big hoop earring that I guess I didn't notice, or at least big enough to be a ring. He stopped at Claire's on the way in. Yeah, it's like I never noticed him have that in earlier. But a pirate. I also thought that was like a failed (laughs) opportunity because they keep boasting about how like successfully is at football. You think maybe you'd have like a state championship ring, like a big gaudy ring that he could put on her, like this giant football ring. That cornerback can only take you so far. Well, you still win the championship. Everyone gets a ring. They don't just give it to like. What what I'm saying is maybe he's not enough for them to win their championship. That's true. That's true. Right, but I think it makes more sense than an earring that weirdly is big enough to fit because, like, everybody here had their ears pierced at one point, right? Nope. Yes. Well, I heard you didn't. No. I thought you did. Okay, well, either way, Jay and I did. We both had hoops at one point. I don't think I ever had a hoop that would have fit over somebody's finger. No. Even no, a dainty no. finger. I was going to say, even, like, a young girl. Like, no. You didn't wear a hoop in your hoopty? <laughs> My space hoopty only. <laughs> <laughs> Again, listen to last week's episode if you haven't already. It's but, but don't watch the episode. Just listen to ours. Don't, but don't have to watch, watch it if you show. don't want. But it's an interesting show to cover at least. It's, It'll make my it's joke different. make sense. <laughs> yeah. So he says, you know, I'll eventually get you a real ring. My grandma can't live forever. He's a... By the way, like his character is like... Um, he really is played as a giant dummy. Like that, yeah, most he's of just a big dolt. But that's the, that's the end of that scene. And, and then next we get to Reba, who's alone in Brock's office. And you hear like a quick knock and opening of the door. And that's when we meet Barbara Jean for the first time. And yeah, my first thought when I saw her, and we kind of talked about this earlier, was she doesn't look as young as I expected. Because they made it sound like he's ending up with this like really, really young girl. And Although she really, in real life, is 16 is younger, younger than, Reba. than Reba, she doesn't look 16 years younger when they stand next to each other. They you, look like you they would think, like, him being a dentist, she'd be the young medical assistant. like you know, Something like went that. To, yeah. like, 
what is it called? The um, no, those like schools you see for, like on TV all the time. The like dental, the like correspondence school. Yeah, it's like fresh yeah, out so of that. Not what I expected. And then also to go back, Joe, big Barbara Jean fan. Oh yeah, huge babe. Okay. In all fairness, I take Barbara Jean over Reba. Barbara Jean's a babe. Um, I like I'll the die personality. In different, hey, different taste. You know, that's looks are different strokes for know. different folks. I always say. Exactly. <laughs> look, look, this is a multi-person podcast. It's there's a personality for everybody. But I've been steadfast. We started watching this show. Be like, Barbara Jean's a babe. I don't think. I think she was less attractive when she gets all crazy looking at the end. I like Healthy. this era, Barbara Jean. <laughs> Again, we different tastes. Uh, and Melissa Peterman, if you're out there listening 25 years later, don't tell my wife. And for those of you who have been listening to this for a long time, also knows that Joe's first big crush was Rue McClanahan, who most of you would know as Blanche from the Golden Girls. So, But, I mean, to be fair, Rue McClanahan is a babe in the Golden Girls, but I'm speaking specifically to uh, Rue McClanahan guest appearance on the family Rue McClanahan in Mama's family. Right, when she was only like 50, 60. Okay, she's not that old. <laughs> Look her up. She's not. First of all, okay, we can argue about this all day long. We had a whole argument about this. Yeah, we've 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 covered it. Go back, listen to Mama's family if you want to hear um, when we first find out all this information about Joe. It's like what we said about Reba, though. It's the hair. So back then, you look at Rue McClanahan's hair back then, she looked substantially older than sure. she yeah. would for her age. I think Barbara Jean, um, when we see her here, just gives off hardcore like mom vibes. And I don't mean like, like you have a mom child. vibes. But like you like your own like you or your friend's mom, like just older, like that kind of I made lemonade, like that kind. <laughs> Not I physically just have a child. Like but uh, if that makes any sense. How does she look to you? Like, she's produced offspring. Like, oh, well, I just can't be into her then. Yeah. Barbara Jean's all excited. You know, she, obviously, she perceives her relationship with Reba differently than Reba perceives it back. And she's like, oh, you're going to be a grandma. And Reba goes, you're going to marry a grandpa. And she she goes, and like, I feel like giving you a great big hug. And Reba just fight it. And I, I liked how quick she snapped at her with that. And, you know, they, they separate. Brock walks in. And he says, what is this? Cheyenne's not getting married. I'm not going to stand by and let my daughter throw her life away for that punk. She's like, you love that punk. He's like, I I do not. She's like, you watch him play football every weekend like he's your own son. Sometimes I think you like him more than our own son. And I just thought this was weird to me because Brock, who was, he's a big fan of Ann. We've established that. He's already taken the news about the pregnancy. And he hasn't been that angry about that when he heard it. Yeah, he's aware. He knows what's going on. But the wedding sets him off? The wedding part? It's like, it's strange because he'd rather have a bastard child than have them get married. Like, like is that some weird finality to him for some reason? But yeah, maybe it's like, because he's going through a divorce where he doesn't want to see her get married. It's a he's weird getting he's married. also getting married? <laughs> yeah, he's also getting It just seemed yeah, weird this, to this me. It's a confusing was, scene. It was really weird because he handled the pregnancy thing pretty easy. But the wedding set him off. And I just don't see why. Now that you already know that she's pregnant, you know, they're going to be in each other's lives forever anyways, right? So th- this is not that crazy. Um, I had a, like, I had a hard strange. time with that. It didn't actually cross my mind until you brought it up now. Like, that is a weird thing to get upset about when the bigger thing should have been. All things she considered. Got yeah. up. Like- <laughs> or she's having a baby. You're going to be a grandfather. Yeah. 
should be a little more uh, affecting you than and that's she's what sets him off. Oh, you mean to tell me that this degenerate punk is trying to do the right thing and marry my daughter after he got her pregnant? Also, you know, he's clearly he's going through his midlife crisis marrying a younger woman. You'd think becoming a grandfather that should have affected him a little more. Yeah, maybe his midlife crisis. Right. Right. Where he's now, like, I'm, I'm trying to be young. Like this is your grandkid. That should be the thing where he like dies half his. He gets like a Brian Bosworth haircut or something. Yeah. He does some sort of weird thing he shouldn't do. Um, he also so he gets. Barbara Jean to leave, and now it's just him and Reba alone in the office. Brock dead set against this, but Reba looks uh, at this as like the only option. She says that they talked the night before, they kind of weighed everything out, and if they tried stopping them anyways, they were going to just elope. And then says, the wedding date is set for Saturday at the house, which I was like, wait, huh? I can understand, okay, we're going to get married now, we're engaged, but... We're, it does seem rushing, too quick. we're rushing the wedding to this week. Also, this is another thing. The show doesn't believe in like show don't tell. They do all this stuff and they just tell you about it. It's like the beginning part. Now there's this. They had this big talk about having the wedding and and it's this Saturday. Why not show us them having that talk? <laughs> it's break. It, it's it's a pilot, so just do a, a two episode pilot. Yeah, I feel like this should be a two-parter. I think you're right. Like, have CW whatever block out an hour and do this whole thing and then have one whole episode be the wedding. I just think it's more, uh, it doesn't have to be a two-part pilot. It's just spacing out some of these storylines. This doesn't all have to be in the first episode. With Reba, it was, I understand, hey, this is the reality of the situation. I need to accept it. But it seems like she's rushing this wedding now. To have it this week... It does seem very like, rushed. Why not be like, okay, I'm, I get it. You know, you guys are getting married. I can't do anything to change your minds. Well, let's plan it and we'll set it up and kind of buy yourself some time. Give them some time to think about it because they are both 17. At least a month. Yeah. Like, let's set I something up and invite family over. The, he's like, he proposes to her and Reba's like, huh? All right. Yeah. We'll have the wedding this week. Okay. Like, that's not how that works at all. Well, you have to remember Reba's life is falling apart. And I think she's using all this to distract herself away from her own life. So she's trying to just plan a bunch of stuff all at once. Stay busy. It's it's like when when she finally crashes later and, like, cries. And when she yells at uh, the husband and stuff. It's just everything she's trying to, like, block out for other people's lives are, are a distraction. And it all just crashes in. This was a, a joke coming up that i didn't get and maybe you guys can help me with this one so as they're going back and forth with this this is when brock says isn't this where we send her to visit a friend for nine months okay so that is she goes and has the baby comes back and you pretend it's reba's baby yeah that's what something like parents do when their teenagers get pregnant in high school i figured it was like a disappear so no one sees her pregnant but yeah or she comes back and she had somebody adopted a baby or our sister you never met died giving birth and here's the baby like they always work some weird story around it that's way more convoluted and terrifying than should be just like they were pregnant yeah it makes sense i guess like in the context it was used in it was thrown in as like too lighthearted of a quick joke but it makes sense brock insists that he's not going to be going to this wedding and she just keeps kind of replying by telling him like no like wear your blue suit bring ice She's just ignoring him. So every time he's saying no, she just, it's kind of like when he first said, I'm getting married. And she's like, nope. <laughs> and she just kind of avoids it and keeps moving forward. She really harps on the ice. Yeah. I'm a person who loves ice. I get that. 
uh, today I was in the convenience store on the way home. I had to run errands. And uh, I heard the person say, do you have any ice? And the guy behind the counter said, there's literally no ice in the whole county right now. I don't know what happened. The ice factory near here break down. Either way, I have an ice maker in my fridge. And I was like having a mental breakdown for these people. If all of a sudden I had no ice, I would have a tough go of it. I drank ice in my water, ice in my coffee, like all day long. Here's my thing. I love ice cold drinks, but I drink very, very fast. So if I go somewhere and get a drink and it's full of ice, I just feel like I'm getting half the drink. I mean, you are, but that's also the social contract. Yeah, but if you just give me less ice, I get more drink because I'm going to drink it before we get to the point where I need the ice to really kick in. Are you talking about booze or are you talking about any drink? Uh, More like if I was drinking, say, like an iced coffee. I don't really drink a lot of soda, but something along those lines. Okay. Boozy drinks I get that need more to stay that, ice yeah. cold for me. Like, I can't... If I have a gin and tonic start to get warm, like, I'm not okay with that. I, need that I don't drink those as quick as I drink a, a, you know, a coffee. Yeah, I do put a lot of ice in all of my drinks. But I was going to say, at a bar, it's a different scenario, right? Because they're trying to... Well, they... Well, I guess depending on where you go, they measure the booze out. Or at least there's a count, you know, when they hold the bottle up. So, not putting ice in it, just like... If you drink, like, bourbon neat or something like that, they're not right. going to fill the cup more because there's not ice Right, in they're it. doing their shot of bourbon. They're going to do, yeah. like, a four or five count, whatever it is, and you're getting the same amount. Hi, everyone. My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And together, we host the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical, always humorous look back at pop culture. Join us as we rewatch cartoons, movies, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question Does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? Each week, we talk about our childhood memories and dig into the history of everything we watch, sharing fun facts about how things were made and how they were received at the time. More importantly, we always start our show with a nostalgic snack review, which is really our favorite part. Episodes drop every Thursday on Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, YouTube. Really, wherever you get your podcasts. So like, subscribe, and follow. And revisit your favorite childhood memories with us. All the links to listen are on our website, stopruiningmychildhood.com. And now in the next scene, Reba's alone in a room with her old wedding dress out. And she's, I guess she's planning to have Cheyenne wear that at the wedding. And the middle child, Kyra, is... um. Kira, I'm sorry. I knew I was going to do that eventually. Kira, uh, she walks into the room. And Reba tells her, you know, one day you can wear this dress too if you want. She's like, oh, a divorce and a teen pregnancy. Some track record. <laughs> That's so, a good one. I thought that was a good line. It's a good joke. It's always a weird thing. When people are like, do you want to wear a ring? Be like, your dad and I had it or whatever. But, like, but you got divorced. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's that's. I view that as bad luck now. That seems so, yeah. like, yeah, like I love the sentiment, but... It didn't work out, so I don't want a symbol of that one on me yet. They should have just made it, like, her family wedding dress. Like, she got it from her, like, mother or something. That way you can explain passing it to the next generation rather than, oh, this is from my failed marriage. This was mama's dress. (laughs) Mama's dress. (laughs) And the two start kind of going over wedding details, and that's when Van and Cheyenne enter. And Van jokes that he got the suits that were Wildcat Orange. That's the team he plays for. 
which did trick Reba, and Van's very excited because apparently his jokes never work on anyone. So the fact that he actually got her, he was very tickled by. And and I assume that would have been like the suits from Dumb and Dumber? I was thinking like Dumb and Dumber's in my head. You tell me yeah. orange suit, obviously I'm going to think Dumb and Dumber. Right, like that's like the go-to, like the orange suit from Dumb and Dumber. For sure. And Cheyenne also shows Reba the dress that she got and says it's more like my style. She like, Reba's like, well, I thought you were going to wear my dress. And she's like, well, yeah, I would, I plan to, but I thought I was going to be old when I got married. <laughs> and uh, that got like a nice uh, dirty look from Reba. The thing is, Reba's dress isn't super old fashioned. No, like, not no, at all. It's a pretty modern thing. dress. So like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not like even like really. Dress, yeah, it's not even much it, of a wedding dress, to be honest with you. But I also not feel in like the, not the traditional sense. Reba's pretty young still in this episode. You I mean like Reba's a young woman in this comparatively, right? And she has a seventeen-year-old daughter. She takes offense to that in a way that you wouldn't if you have seventeen-year-old kids, right? Like. I'm sure I called my parents old when I was 17, and they were 40. You know what I mean? And now as I barrel down on 40, I'm like, oh, I don't think they're ever mad. Like, how dare you call me old? Oh, I think right, yeah. Your parents just get the, like, oh, no, oh, it stings. It's... <laughs> yeah, like, she gets, like, offended. She's like, oh, I'm old, am I? It's like, yeah. that's not how you'd act. You, And this wouldn't be the first time she said something like that. It would have been every other week, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was a... It was a quick one, a quick little, it was to get the, the pop. Say, oh, you know, Kira chirps in and she's telling her, you know, if you add some elastics to that dress, you can, you know, wear it to prom in nine months too. <laughs> Another good, like, here's sarcastic Kira. Um, same with like, you know, Dana, like we said from step by step, every time she opens her mouth, it's going to be to say something sarcastic. I felt like it was overdone with Dana, but I don't think they overdid it as much with Toyed a line. Yeah. I, it didn't quite get to that point of annoyance, but it was it was there. I think if she was in the episode more, it would have bothered yeah. me. I will say all I thought of in this scene was I'm so glad I wasn't pregnant at our prom because being the prom king would have been so much harder to rule above all of you if I had also been pregnant. I will name it Junior. <laughs> but yes, to those unaware, Joe, our reigning prom king. Still reigning, right? Thankfully to the fact that our high school... Just drew a name on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love people are like, wait, you were a prom king? How'd that happen? I'm like, name out of a hat. And everyone Raffle just goes. Raffle style. Oh, okay. You, you need like, to make up stories, Joe. You should be like, well, in high school, I could throw a, a football over a mountain, man. It's like, you don't know. Did you ever see Rookie of the Year? I really had a funky butt-loving <laughs> pitch in my right arm at I, the time. Thinking back now, I wonder if Joe truly had his name drawn out or a teacher thought it would be funny. Or I like some teacher, like blank teacher who fucking hated me was like, let's see what happens. Yeah. Or maybe blank teacher who was like, maybe we'll show Joe an adult lesson. More like that king of shit. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck that. It's still raining, right? Because I think they, I don't even know if they, I don't know if they still do prom kings at places and prom queens. It seems I'm like sure. it's got to be an outdated thing at this point. But I think yeah, our school will do stop it. doing it. I don't know. I, You know, I don't talk to a lot of kids in high school, so... Uh, I don't know, and I don't have kids myself, so I don't track that stuff. I'll ask my nephew. I'm not yeah, sure. I have my nieces and nephews are just young enough that it's not they're not there yet. And yeah, we're a while away at my house. If somebody was to meet me in high school, I'd be like, "Nice to meet you, sir," and then run away because I don't even know what to say to somebody who's 15 years old. You know, <laughs> you'd run away. Yeah, I'd be afraid I'd say the wrong thing or 
something be weird? I'm terrified <laughs> of kids. Nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, I see. Like I heard a kid skateboarding the other day through my window, and it's like a very unique. Like you know the noise yeah. when someone's on a skateboard, right? And I like was like, yeah. And I looked out the window, and this kid looked like he was probably like. I don't know, 14, and could still beat the shit out of me, you know? And there was part of me that wanted to be like, rock on, dude! <laughs> no. The other part of me was like, just close the shade and let this kid have his moment and like just walk away from it. You should have invited him in and taught him music. It could have been like Finding Forrester only with music. Do you want to play guitar? You like beer? <laughs> the kind of joke and arrested and misrecording this week. You're the man now, dog. So, um... Van tells Reba that he talked to his family and they're not going to be coming to the wedding. But his uncle did give him the key to their vacation house for a few days so they can have a honeymoon. Uh, so long as they don't go in the basement. Bodies in it? Or what's in the what's in the basement? That's that a weird reference because yeah, like, they don't give you any hint to it. It's not like, oh, it's my uncle Kevorkian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if it's something like that, like, or my uncle Bundy, my uncle Kruger... Like, if they gave you something where you were like, oh, I get the joke they're making, but they're just like, it's my uncle. But, like, most people have uncles who don't have basements that are hidden. So yeah, it was almost it almost wonder. made the joke too serious. Yeah. Like, is it, like, a sex thing or is it a murder thing? Because it's one or the other. I always think a murder thing is where my brain goes, but it yeah, could have sex, either. It's yeah. sex, murder, or, like, illegal, illegal liquor. I Cut guess. to reality. Drugs. I just really need to dust my basement. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm so embarrassed. My yeah, my basement's <laughs> such a mess. <laughs> My figurines are covered in dust, and I feel so bad about it. This doesn't look anything like Gettysburg like it should. He has an antique train set that he doesn't want them touching. Don't knock over my Legos. So, uh, Cheyenne It's a Trussell Bridge. Cheyenne asks if she can get a permission slip so the two can miss school for their honeymoon, which Reba obviously acknowledges the... Odd irony in just that sentence and putting those words together for permission slip and honeymoon uh, being somehow linked. And Cheyenne's like, getting married is so much fun. We should have done this junior year. And Reba's <laughs> reaction, like, no, honey, you were smart to wait. I just, I love those quick lines in this episode or the show in general are what make this show so funny. It's she had those, a really like, nice, like, throw deadpan. Yeah, she, she dry delivered that, which was like, I thought it was really good. Next day, we're at the wedding day and Reba, Cheyenne and Van are all in the kitchen. The other kids eventually make it into the room, and Jake is with his friend Brett, who Reba forgot about, and said that he could come over. And Brett goes, my mom told me to tell you I throw up when I eat olives. She's like, well, then don't eat any. Oh, he already did. And I don't know, first, it's the weirdest exchange in the entire episode, also my favorite. I don't know why I loved it's it so much. It's very funny. It's, an, it's a real I die scenario <laughs> with this kid. It's just the most random food item. Like, I mean, like, oh, I wouldn't throw up. I mean, I would throw up if I ate an olive, but not because of like a allergy. I just I think don't olives like olives. Are so yeah. disgusting. Yeah, same. But we always have olives. them out for Thanksgiving because half of my family really likes them. And for a while, our cat, R.I.P. Buckaroo, that was like his favorite thing. He just wanted to lick olives and then just bat them around the house. And then like two days later, I'd be like <laughs> trying to pick them up because the smell is so gross to me. These old olives dried up. Yeah. Oh, it's so awful. I just. Of all the food, like, just thinking that this kid throws up every time he eats olives, but loves them so much that whenever he's around them, which, I don't know, I'm not around olives that much that it would not become that an issue. 
But um, I will say though, I hated the trend that happened for a while that I think Bertucci's still does. I don't think this is a regional reference. I think Bertucci's is a national chain. But Bertucci's is always like, here's your delicious pizza, and here's a fucking giant olive in the middle of it. And you're like, how fucking dare you? No, I gotta cut a circle around this pizza, because I will not eat the tip that touched this olive, Well, a lot of what they used to do at a lot of pizza places, and I think it's kind of a lost thing anyways, but they would always put one mushroom, one olive, one pepperoni in the middle as a guideline to the for the cut. To cut, yeah. So they could see where the center of it was. And that was just like, we put an olive and a pepperoni in the box, and we drove around through every bumpy street we could, and the whole thing's like a nightmare. Good luck. And, oh, and who eats a pepperoni? We're in the minority here, though. Most people love olives. A lot of people love olives. I That's mean, true. It's a very beloved... I mean, Kelsey loves olives. Whenever she opens them, them, like I can't sit next to her. When she opens a jar of them, that giant waft of like just yeah. opened olives, Ugh, I can't yeah. be in the room. It's like, somehow they got to sneak in for the Supreme Pizza, like grouping it's like no we, was, we were all meats and cheeses and yeah. you threw everything was fine in, and then you off. added olives to the party <laughs> everything else was okay i could have done with everything else <laughs> so reba eventually ends up in the kitchen with uh kira and she gets like a call from the reverend so uh i'm sorry to go back like everyone kind of disperses right for various different reasons so it's just the two of them in the kitchen now she gets a call from the reverend confirming like if the wedding's still on and also asking about the open bar I do love that joke where, like, you don't meet the reverend ever, but he's a drunk. So that's fun. The oven timer goes off during this, and she's, like, running around trying to, like, multitask. And eventually gets Kira to open the oven for her. But apparently the extra 10 seconds from when the timer went off was enough to completely torch the food. You know, as cooking usually goes, 10 seconds makes all the difference. I, yeah, like, I, again. Only baking. It's one of those things that, for the purpose of the show, if I was to tweak the scene, I would have had it where there was no timer that went off with the oven. Like, it shouldn't have been, the timer went off 10 seconds past everything. Smoke should have just come out of the oven. It should have been she completely forgot about Mm -hmm. it until smoke or something came up. Yeah. I'm going to say she was so overwhelmed that she set the timer wrong. She's trying to do too much at once. That could have been true as well. I like that, Ferg, actually. That's good. That's a good excuse. She's like, they're ruined. <laughs> and Kira's like, just like our lives. And she tosses. Yeah. she So she tosses the burnt whatever it was, along with the baking sheet in the trash, which was just a wicker basket with no bag. I was expecting a fire. <laughs> also, first of all, I mean, like, if she put nothing on the baking sheet, like if she had no... Uh, tin foil or no uh parchment paper parchment paper you're just going through metal pans all the time with stuff on that's a that's a waste but also yeah something comes out of the oven so hot that it's burnt and you toss it into a wicker basket with just regular house shit in it it just bothered me it bothered me so much that there was no trash bag it was one of those first off i'm like that's not a trash barrel and then the fact that so it's like it's like a decorative wicker type basket like it was one of those if you put food items in it it's gonna leak out first off and then oh yeah yeah, it's gonna the wicker baskets it. notoriously civvy there's yeah. holes everywhere yeah that's the kind of thing like if you walked into a pier one imports when those were still around they'd be <laughs> like well you're not gonna go to target and buy a plastic trash barrel when you could buy one of these beautiful rattan trash barrels like it's got holes it's not a barrel so there needed to be a bag there but Whatever. I'm trying to figure out what she was cooking. They were like 
big triangles like pizza, but it yeah, was I like couldn't figure just out flatbread because there was nothing on top of it. I thought it was like a puff pastry, maybe. Yeah, I tried giving it a look, and it was it was too quick and not obvious. Obviously, they, it was also burnt, so it was <laughs> you, you weren't getting a good vision. That's true. Yeah, just burnt triangles. After that, she kicks Kira out, and now she's sitting at the table, with just her hands on her head, and she finally breaks down. And she's crying, and as this starts, Brock happens to walk in through the kitchen door and sees her and gives her, like, a big hug. That's when I cried. Really? When when she broke down finally and started crying on the thing, and he walked in and she looked up and had the tears in her eyes, I lost it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm surprised because I'm a big crier, and that one didn't get me. All I could think of was, I don't know if it's my TV or not, but that looks like he's wearing a black suit. I thought not it was the blue. blue. It's not the blue suit. She I thought it was blue. It does but, look like the blue suit to me, and I thought that he was like that was his breaking point where he's like, "Reba, I'll come, but you can't tell me what suit to wear anymore." I didn't read that. Also, I can't get past the fact that Ferg cried at that scene. I just don't find <laughs> it, it to be sad. that sad. I mean, it is sad. I do feel for Reba in that scenario, right? She She's has a bigger now... breakdown later. Yes, but this I mean, is everything finally crashing on yeah. her. It was the emotional breakdown. Yeah, I mean, it's, these last five minutes are her like accepting. The divorce. Oh, yeah. It's certainly, it's that moment where, like, it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. (laughs) (laughs) So it hurts her pride, is what you're saying? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she can't let it slide. So, so they're hugging and during the hug. I hope you're editing this one. Fuck you, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) So as they're hugging, she, like, looks up and sees Barbara Jean standing in the doorway. (laughs) She's like... There she is, the mother of the bride. And she's like, you were only supposed to bring the ice. <laughs> I do love that line. She's so bummed out that Barbara Jean came. Yeah. I'm excited, but, but Reba's sad. And during this, they hear yelling from the other room. So they head over there, and they find that Cheyenne and Van are now fighting. And Cheyenne tells them the wedding's off. She never wants to see him again. And she's mad because Van's plan is after the wedding... He's going directly to the football game to play the game. And like I said, there was foreshadowing earlier because they did talk about that there would be a game Saturday. Um, Now, this threw me off because, I mean, I never went to a high school football game because they just didn't give a shit, obviously. I don't like football and I hated high school. But those were always Fridays, right? Friday night lights. Friday night lights. Yeah, Friday night lights. Like, that's the big thing. Yeah, like Saturday high school football game. So no scheduling. You you never know. I guess it's it's not a rule. But if yeah, anybody I, out there has some some knowledge on this, they can spread to us. I'd appreciate it because I literally have always thought that Friday was high school, Saturday was college, Sunday is pro. Yeah. That's like the three days of football for the so, most part. Yeah, but I'm sure there's I'm not exception. wrong there, right? Yeah, but I'm there's sure the, the writer of this show maybe didn't get that memo oversight. Maybe, but still, I mean, like, I mean, you think that like show tech that takes place in Texas, like, you'd have that little bit of knowledge. Or somebody in the writer's room, if I, who don't watch football or follow up, football... Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, that seems like a weird one to me. And, yeah, so they're going back and forth about this, and she's like, you like fo- you know, you love football more than you love me. He's like, I know I love you both the same, which was like a nice little, you get that ooh from the crowd. And he corrects himself. No, I love you way more than football. We find out the coach says that if he misses the game, then he's getting thrown off the team. And Reba's like, he can't excuse you this one time. He's like, well, I'm really good. And then, Brock, you're the assistant coach. You can't get him excused. Oh, well, he's really good. <laughs> and, but Yeah, this is the bullshit scene. Also, like, this goes to sh- this is the weird disconnect to me where, like, 
I mean, like, look, when you're in high school, I guess you think everything about your life at that time is crazy important. And the idea of being kicked off the high school football team is a big deal. But you are getting married to your pregnant girlfriend. Like, I feel like you should have the presence of mind to be like, something bigger is at foot here. Right. Also, I'm going to say this, though. He's not the smartest person in the world. Right. That is true. Going to college uh, relies on him football. Going to NFL relies on football. It's that's fair. One might okay, argue right. it's yeah, equally important that. for him. His future depends I'll, on. Here's my know. thing: if he's as good as everyone says he is, he's not going to get thrown off the team. No, it's an idle threat. Yeah, right. If, yeah, if, he could miss a game. I mean, what happened if he broke a fucking finger? Right, like yeah. in. But, if but I guess like, he'd be sitting on the bench to show solidarity or something, I guess. I don't really know. If he said, sorry, coach, I really have to sit this out. This is important to me. Even if he's like, well, I'm going to have to kick you off. By next week, he's he will still be on that team. They should have made it a championship game or something. Something he couldn't miss. Yep. Not just a random game. Yeah, add more importance to it, for sure. That would probably help. Now imagine if the coach came in and they had a scene here where they're arguing and he's like, it's not my fault. It's Cheyenne's. And the coach said, I don't want your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so Van's like, we can and go to the And then Van comes out with a Ferg bikini on. <laughs> yeah. Van says, you know, we can go on the honeymoon after the game. And she throws something at him, which makes him bump into Barbara Jean, who then falls into the wedding cake. And this starts like everyone wrestling around and eventually gets to a point where there's like a near pull apart and Cheyenne's dress gets ripped. And when that happens, she runs right upstairs. And then we have a very animal house scene where we have a food fight. If it was animal house, the titties would have been out when this thing got ripped. Well, well I think the CW was probably opposed to that. Happening. And it's very much established <laughs> in the show that she's 17, but Hey, they're all teenagers <laughs> and uh, American pie, but their t- titties are in that. That's true. That's, well, I guess that's true, again, but I think that's, I, I mean, at that point, though, you're right, this is 20 years ago. Now, be, I don't think they would do that, but 20 years ago, they would Let's not over-dissect that. Let's I'm just, just saying, if, yeah, it, was, was, if it. it was Animal House, that's what would have happened. I'm not sure. saying. No, no, sure. They were in college <laughs> Animal House. In any event. Um, no one ever went to class, and we saw Donald Sutherland's ass. <laughs> now you can proceed, sir. Right. Thank you. So oh. during during this... Reba then yells to Brock, this is a wedding. You're ruining it. You ruined everything. We were supposed to grow old together. And then runs up the stairs herself because it got incredibly awkward. And It takes a real dark turn here. Well, here's my thing. And to me, I just think the whole wedding story and the Reba dealing with her husband marrying someone else is just, it's just way too much for one episode. And we talked about it a little bit earlier. But it's too chaotic. They mumbled this throughout the whole episode. And that was kind of an issue for me. It was a lot of her always sneaking lines in. They were talking about one thing, but she kind of would like make off comments to remind you that's also happening. Again, it just, we didn't need all of this for episode one. This could have all been established over the first handful of episodes, but they just wanted to put way too much in this one episode. I just thought way, way too much. I do like that you finally get some emotion from Reba, though. She's angry, but, like, I'm glad she breaks down and be like, look, this sucks. I'm going through divorce, and this is not what I expected. Right. And, by the way, you brought your goddamn new wife to to our wedding, you know, like that. But I do appreciate it because I I wouldn't want just sarcasm in this scene. Let's focus on a little bit of that maybe first, and then eventually we get to the, oh, Cheyenne's pregnant. They're having a kid. 
it didn't all have to be episode one. This could have all been revealed over the first handful of episodes. I agree. But, but to be fair, just going in the future, this show really spins into like very classic sitcom where every episode's just like a Oh yeah. Here's I, today's I, situation. I just think they felt the need to establish everything right away to get to that point when you don't really need to. It could you could take a few episodes to like build the set. So anyways, Reba runs up and she heads to Cheyenne's room where she finds her just kinda like laying in bed with her stuffed bear and she's telling her mom, How did this happen? I'm co-captain of the drill team. I'm supposed to be practicing the new routine for tonight's halftime show, not getting married and having a baby. And Reba's telling her about how she's so out of the junior league with uh, having a pregnant teen and a court-mandated therapy. I tried to look into this. I couldn't find out what that I had meant. no idea what that meant. I was hoping one of you guys would, like, I have no idea what that is. I looked it up. I didn't know if it was, like, a Texas thing or if it was, like, a yeah. Rotary Club type Some thing. Some sort but of I couldn't group really she's figure involved it out. In. Yeah, but I could not, for the life of me, I'm like, I don't know. I wish I wish he just said the church group or something or, like, the parents, PTA or something. You know what right. I mean? It's, it's clearly something religious because the, the pregnant daughter unmarried would lead to that being an issue right like otherwise it wouldn't if it was just a social group it wouldn't be an issue but and cheyenne's like well i guess your life is ruined too and reba pauses and then tells her daughter stand up and has her look in the mirror with her she's like tell me what you see i'll tell you what i see a couple of losers and she's like mom she's like no well what do you call two people who mourn the rest of their lives because things didn't turn out the way they planned she goes losers because as we've learned Excuses are for losers. My daughter gave me the finger. <laughs> a, uh, I know you guys are probably thinking we need more tangents, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we need more references to these idiots in high school. Yeah, but in high school we had a, um, a motivational speaker who his big line was "Excuses are for losers," and um, here we are, twenty years later, still talking about it. So I guess something stuck, right? He did his job right. Yeah, we he's still there. My daughter gave me the finger, which the finger, the finger, the thumbs up, not the finger you're thinking of. Man, he thought we were going to respond to that. And we all just were like, (laughs) I am fairly sure I was kicked out of that one. I think you were. Yeah, I I think I was kicked out of that one. I don't remember what I did, but something I would have done at that age. I guess. So now anyways, it's time for them to face reality. It's time for. Cheyenne to balance her life around football, and it's time for Reba to learn how to get her own ice. Ice, again, very important to her. It's very important. I also made a note here, too, where, like, I love seeing set dressings for people's bedrooms, especially, like, teenagers or kids in shows like this, because sometimes you'll get really interesting stuff, and it's usually the taste of the person who is doing the designing. I kept right? trying to track those posters and I could not figure out with one of the, like they were, it were very, it's something witching, right? I could There's definitely not a band who's just called design, which has three brooding boys looking yeah. sideways. <laughs> That's definitely not a band. I tried like the fake to find boy it. Band, yeah. Called That's, design. But she does have a license plate on her wall that I wrote down because the last time it's hard that just says nuts for you and UTC letter <laughs> uh, number four U. <laughs> and I left so hard at that. <laughs> and like you can see it so clearly when Reba's like, we're not losers. It's just like nuts for nuts you is so big in the shot. It was like, oh, come on. See, Gordo, you wanted to miss this one. Yeah, I know, Gordo, you ruined it. And uh, then she says, what me and your father had is over and it's never coming back. And Barbara Jean is 
she's not going to drown in a giant vat of Crisco oil. Would watch. And um, she's like, Mama's got a dark side. It was a little out of place. Also, I love her accent, though, when she says those things like, Mama's got a dark side. <laughs> something <laughs> about so Crisco, to me, feels so Southern. Well, Crisco is like just fat. So drowning yeah. in Crisco, I would rather drown in a million other things I hate. I would probably rather drown in an olive juice than I would rather drown in Crisco. <laughs> well, like, so can I, I can't think of, like, again, I'm very aware of Crisco, but I don't think we've ever had it in my house. It was never something growing no. up that was like used for cooking. It's always the kind of thing where they go to like a Southern movie, right? Like the scene where uh, Joe Pesci is ordering grits in My Cousin Vinny, and he just takes a big vat of uh, fat and like slams it down on the flat skillet and it burns. He's like, don't you ever know about cholesterol? Like to me, that's what Crisco is. It's yeah. not a thing like people have. It's like that or make- it's used in movies for like, it's like in exploitation movies where it's like somebody's going to have sex with somebody and like slathers themselves in Crisco. Ugh. Yeah. Either way, terrible. It's always like the way to like make your baked goods more unhealthy. Yeah. I remember once um, Ed, who was the, when we all worked at the gas station, a big chunk of us, me and Nick and a few other people, uh, Ed came back from somewhere. He was like, I had the greatest potato chips of all time. They actually cook them in lard. So it was like, okay. And like the bag of potato chips weighed like 100 pounds. I mean, you opened it, it had less potato chips than a regular bag of chips would. It was so like dense. they were just so dense and you took one bite and you were like, oh, I get it. This is really, really good. And then you took the second chip and you were like, we're going to die. Like, this is not, you couldn't do this. It's not like even your brain knows like stop right fucking now. So, um, Reba keeps on with this pep talk and eventually gets her like back on board with the wedding. Cheyenne, that is. And then she tells her, you know, I can fix that dress up for you pretty easy. And Cheyenne's like, actually, I thought it might be nice to have some tradition at the wedding after all. And asks to wear her mother's dress. So they hug and Reba says, as long as you wear a bra. Because um, I think I, I did go past it earlier when... We skimmed over the bra joke. Yeah, there was a bra joke earlier because um, Van. when Van saw her in her original dress said, I told you look better without the bra. So now Cheyenne says, says, hey, Ma, I hate Barbara Jean's dress. And that's when we get the third and final child hearing, have I told you you're my favorite? And they and then do we this. get a montage. I didn't like that at all. I don't like the montage. I so, love this show. Montage I did not appreciate. I get that they wanted to throw another Reba song, though. Like, that makes sense. That's fine. Um, my, my issue is this whole thing's a build up to the wedding, but we didn't save enough time for the wedding. So the montage was the ceremony. And it's like, it, again, this is why this needed to be multiple episodes. The wedding... That should be an important scene. You can throw a couple jokes in there, but usually it's you get your nice sentimental spots. But we just blow past it so we can play a Reba song real quick. And it doesn't stop until post, you know, ceremony when it's just the photographer. Um, It would have been better if it was a um, California Dream song. Yeah, if you cut to a five-minute music video, then for sure. I'm not going to (laughs) say no to that. But, um, yeah, so... It gets to the the photographer saying, "Hey, can I get a, a picture of the family?" Ferg, I think, mentioned it earlier. As they all jump in for the pose, don't worry about the honeymoon, Mrs. H. I packed lots of condoms, which gets a you know a very bad photo because she's reacting to that. Which I and love then, though that he's yeah, that's fine. so stupid. And then after that, um, Barbara Jean runs in to take a you know, photo with them, which causes a second bad photo. But she's like super mugging in it. 
And that was how, like, the episode ended. I don't know. I thought it was a good joke in the good end. Um, like, that was a good button to end it on. But I hated that you just... It was like we ran out of time. Let's just get through the wedding real fast and tell the last joke and get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I would have done with the montage and the theme song, or not the theme song, the other song. I think it's Walk On, the Reba song. But yeah, I, yeah, it is. I, I just, I think you're right. Like, I love the show, but I think you're right. Like, this should have been everything leading up to the wedding, and the second episode should have been 22 minutes of just the wedding. Yeah, That's I feel, how most I feel it comes to it, and it works. I felt jipped because we missed out on meeting that priest who was really wanted the open bar. I mean, you could have been somebody funny and an alcoholic. How yeah, many fun like... character actors could you have pulled in to do that? That's where a show like um, that '70s show does a great job, right? Where like I would have they... had John Lovitz as the pr- priest, and then then when Reba has a freak out, he would have went, "How awkward!" <laughs> a big horny priest. <laughs> Like, they're all for it. Yeah, I was worried. I was like, are we only going to mention John Lovitz once in this episode? We should really we should find a way to get him back in here again. Can but we yeah, get, that was, Can um, we pay the whatever stupid amount of money it costs to get a John Lovitz cameo for business so he can be like, I don't care about your podcast. <laughs> and we'll pay like $1,000 for it. Thing? But I... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, Trying no, to find I just a podcast think... that can move and shake like this. <laughs> uh, did you pay $1,000 for Cameo? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I just think this was a, it was a giant build up to nothing because they blew past what the whole show is building up to. And I just think if you focused on, we just need a little time to, like, really delve into both. We need a little bit more her relationship with Brock and then we need a little bit more of the Cheyenne van dynamic and they just threw a lot of it in one episode and it kind of just muddled the two but um I digress also Brock Hart um I assume, name. I assume in the the triple x parody version of this he's Brock Hart oh yeah, yeah. I've been halved <laughs> but um uh, yeah that, that's the that's the whole episode I don't know if there's anything else Joe you have I'm sure doesn't have any extra tidbits about Reba, but if there's anything else, uh, Joe, you want to bring up, this would be your chance. No, but I wish that all the people who I made the offers for, for all the vintage Reba buttons I'm trying to buy on eBay right now, would get back to me. That would make <laughs> my week a whole lot better. Well, that being said, uh, nothing left to do but Greenlight or Cancel. Again, there's only three out of the five of us, so go to s21pod.com. Um, that's where you find all the links to where to listen to us. Follow our Instagram. We put up a graphic every week with the results to our green letter cancel. We're not going to know the results until we get to talk to Gordo and Nick about it. And then unless will, we all agree, that will be up. Unless all three of us agree, then yes, it, it will have to come down to their votes. That um. So that being said, again, S twenty one Pod on Instagram or Twitter as well. Give us a follow on both of those. But yes, let's move on to the green letter cancel. Um, Joe, I'm going to start with you. I think no surprise. Look, there are some issues with the show, like you said, right? Like, it should be two episodes. The wedding shouldn't be so truncated. Although, I do understand the idea of putting everything into a pilot so that when you start episode two, you're just like, look, this is the dynamic of this show. We already got through it, and we showed you some of it, versus them being like, okay, we'll draw this out, or we'll say, like... When they got married over the summer, it was really weird. Like, I kind of see both points of that. 
but I really, really love this show. We watched it. I had never seen it aside from just catching it. Like I said, walking in on people watching it. That sounds creepy. Um, <laughs> Ooh! Like, oh, pardon me. Is that Barbara Jean? Um, but I loved it. I watched one episode and I was hooked and it became a thing where like there would be nights where we would be up until like past midnight when we usually get to bed at like 10 or 10 30 because we'd be like one more episode of reba and we burned through it i love this show and i was hooked from the po- uh, pilot so i can't not green light it <laughs> so reba gets a huge green light for me i love this record uh this tv show we play the record like once a week it's like a thing we do on sundays now and we start like hanging out and cooking uh, I have a huge fan of Reba, a huge fan of Barbara Jean, and uh, yeah, Green Light for me. Berg, way to cheat again, Joe. <laughs> and how was that a cheat? Yeah, you know, this was all a mess, but I love the show as a whole, and I, I love everything. No, about no, the show. I no, love Reba, I love the I love pilot. I said so it took me into little, watching the whole thing. I think you are a little clouded by having watched the whole thing recently, but well, well, <laughs> sure, sure. But no, I said you, you in have my every recap, right to your pick. it's fine. I'm just the pilot you. sucked me in. <laughs> but anyway, I went into this um, before I even watched. I was like, I, show I reluctantly watched. I was gonna pass it. Just, you know, it's not for me, but it's a decent show. Uh, green light. Upon watching this and like discussing, it's the show is just such a mess. It it is rushed from start to finish. Pointed out a ton of things they could have done better. And I'm with Joe, where I ultimately do kind of enjoy the show, even though I I keep saying how much I hated it. I watched a lot of it, but I can't ignore all the mistakes made in this pilot. So ultimately. It's going to uh, get the cancel from me, but it's better than a cancel, but, you know. But is it no better than Homeboys in Outer Space? It is way better than Homeboys in Outer Space. I didn't have to bat an eye to cancel that. That I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> oh, cancel from I Ferg. wish I could find the rest of the season of Homeboys in Outer Space. I, w- I actually want to watch it. But uh, to, to go into my green letter cancel for this one, listen, I'm, I... It's, I follow Ferg with a lot of things we've been saying. I just, I for a lot of the jokes didn't land with me. I don't, um, I didn't hate the show, and I do know the show changes a little bit as it finds its form. But as far as this episode goes, again, like he was just saying, it was just a little too muddled for me, and I just thought they were they there was just too much, and they should have they should have just aired that out a little bit more. I've said it a bunch of times throughout the episode. It just I don't know, it wasn't hitting for me, and. I, you couldn't focus. It was like we're we're are we talking about Cheyenne and then but they, we really want to drive in the fact that Brock and her are getting divorced, and it but it was like not a focus on the episode. They just kept, kind of just kept throwing in just digs at him to 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 remind you constantly. I'd have to watch more of it. I, I wouldn't be against seeing more because I'm very curious to see kind of how the show evolves. I remember seeing a lot of it when I was younger, but I really don't like. I said nothing stuck with me twenty years later again i'm gonna have to cancel it with ferg and it's it's not the worst show i've ever seen it's just i don't know it was just too messy for me and i think if this is all i had to go by it wouldn't really make me want to watch the next episode um so i have to just be true to that 
You know what I'll say? If we were doing this show, if this was our week two show of the podcast, I probably would have passed it. But after seeing a bunch of other things do it better, it's set my expectations higher. Where that's I true. look for little things like pacing a lot more than I used to. So I agree. That's a I lot think of that we all make different decisions this now based on the history. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I stand think by and cancel friends. I'd have to rewatch it. I'm not sure if I would, but we'll get to that in another week. I think we've kept all you good people long enough. So, guys, um, I can't say congratulations or sorry to Reba. As of right now, it's not looking great. But if Nick and uh, Gordo both decide to side with Joe, then it's going to be a green light. Again, go to S1E1Pod.com. That will have the graphic that will update you on that, and then you'll be able to find out how we voted um, a little later in the week. But, yeah, uh, that's it. That's all the time we have for this week, guys. Again, thank you, S1E1Pod.com. Rate, review, subscribe, do all of that fun stuff. It means a lot to us. We really would benefit from more um, ratings and reviews. Uh, but also, I do want to remind you again, just follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We, we actually are seeing more people interacting with us, uh, DMing us with show ideas. That stuff super appreciated. Um, I, I can't promise we're going to do every show that's uh, sent to us, but we have a very long list of things we'd like to get to. And it's just really awesome hearing from you guys hearing positive feedback it, it makes it worth it to us because i've said this before we're not paid to do this you know you're not hearing 100 ads on the show um it is truly a labor of love we, we enjoy doing this but when we hear that other people are finding the show and digging it and reach out to us it really does make it worth it we talk about it internally whenever we hear from you guys but again that's it that's all the time we have for this week thank you guys for listening catch us back next week but until then, thank you. Goodbye. I think we got the best Brock Lesnar tattoo.